Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I am joined by Chris Legg and Brent Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. Uh, guys, it's good to be back with you. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, today we're continuing um, kind of the, the politics um, umbrella mm-hmm. of, our, of our conversation, uh, politics and deconstruction, with, with some uh, questions and comments that we've received from uh, listeners. This one is an anonymous listener, um, and we're not going to read the entire thing. But we are going to read some of it because I think it uh, it is worth if if anyone else has kind of thought similar things for us to kind of clear up some uh, some of our thoughts and then kind of maybe expound a little bit um, on those things. That yeah. sounds great. Does that sound yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So it may trigger some longer conversations too. Yeah, it'd be great. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, let me go ahead and read this. So it says a couple of weeks ago, the comment was made that quote what the church believes on gender and marriage hasn't changed in thousands of years. I wish this was so, but sadly it's not. Uh, If you could accurately poll those who profess to follow Christ 50 years ago on their views on marriage, gender, LGBTQ plus rights, abortion, etc., and then poll those who profess to follow Christ today on those very same issues, you would see a large swing from what people consider, quote, traditional or, quote, conservative views on what the Bible teaches to far more, quote, progressive or, quote, modern views. To say what the church believes has not changed with the times is far more wishful thinking than reality. The church has indeed changed. The world has done a much better job of evangelizing the church than the church has done of evangelizing the world. Great. Perfect. That's probably a good place to stop. Great. Sounds good. All righty. Bryn, what were your thoughts when you were reading over this? Yeah, I think my initial thought is it may just be a misunderstanding of how we were using the word church. Okay. Um, because, and which is a good delineation to yeah. talk about because when we use the word, when the word church is used in lots of different contexts, it has a lot of different meanings. And so um, do we mean like the church as in the current body, like he's saying the current body of pullable people who consider to be Christians. Right. Um, or members of mean, churches. Yes, or, or members right. of churches. Do we mean, you know, um, strictly Bible-believing? Do we mean evangelical? Do we mean right. like a certain, the church as in biblical theology? Like what are, what exactly do we mean? So that's a good delineation that I think um, needs to be made. But I think um, a lot of his points, I think we would have agreed with. We just... I think probably did probably in the podcast with, made the same points. Yes, we just <clears throat> we have been changing had different understandings of what we meant by church. Mm-hmm. Is that how you? Would yeah, think? I think I think so. Um, I think what we're talking about is the traditional Christian worldview, mm-hmm. and so maybe that is somehow uh, begging the question. Um, it's not. It's not really circular reasoning to say the traditional view hasn't changed because traditional views don't change by definition, or they're not the traditional view. Um, That's the point we're making is that it is a traditional view that does not change. And therefore for thousands of years has not changed the, the, the biblical stance. And, and really in that podcast, we were going back to the kind of the sexual revolution. And so meaning 
up until the sexual revolution, our views on that item. So, so if we go back and listen to it, here's the point we were making was that is that the Christian's view, the Christian view on something hasn't changed for thousands of years. Then you a new topic is brought to the table, birth control, mm-hmm. for example, or women's rights in a different way mm-hmm. it's brought to the table. Or um uh you know, divorce law gets brought to the table. Well, Christians' views on that topic has not changed for a couple thousand years, or the Judeo-Christian view for 3,000, 4,000 years. Mm -hmm. Then the culture begins to attack that, and Mm -hmm. they say, hey, you know, you, you, you know, we, we say that single parenting is just as good as, you know, moms and dads being in the home together. We say it's just as good. And the Christians come out and say, no, the, the biblical model, the nuclear model is, is the, it's the best option. Doesn't mean it's the only option. It's just the best option. We believe God's word teaches us it's the best option. And the progressive says, why are you always talking about this? Mm-hmm. You're so hateful and judgmental. Like, no, our view hasn't changed. Now, the point that the person writing in is making is, and then over time, sometimes the church's view begins to change. Mm-hmm. And the church's view changes and changes. And sometimes it needs to change. Like I would agree with the birth control is a topic that needed to probably change. Are there negative consequences to birth control in the culture? Yes. But is birth control immoral or unbiblical? I don't think so. Um, we could discuss that on a different podcast at some point, depending on what type of birth control you're talking about. Um, as long as it doesn't take the life of a child, of a of a conceived child, um, then I don't, I don't understand how it would be. But that... That's an example. The church changed its views. Not everyone in the church changed their views. As he's saying, if you polled, you would still have many people in the church who would say birth control is wrong, especially in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Um, but the polling is what we're talking about is when the culture hits, when a new topic in the progressive movement hits, like LGBTQ, same-sex marriage. Well, when it hit, at that point, the church's view had not changed mm-hmm. in thousands of years. And by church, you mean like most... At that time, essentially the entire church. Right. So until that topic came, any almost everyone who called themselves a Christian, I mean, that was when Barack Obama, who was a liberal president, took a stand against same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. So he called himself a Christian. He was from a Christian, uh, a, a different version of Christianity, a progressive version of Christianity. But he also took that stance because pretty much everyone who said they were a Christian took that stance. No, we protect same-sex marriage. We protect marriages being between a man, one man and one woman. But when the culture hit, that begins to chip away mm-hmm. at the church's conservative view. And, and that's when you start hearing you're judgmental and you're closed-minded and you're like, no, we, we've not changed our opinion on this in thousands of years. Now, the point the author is making or the questioner is asking is, but, but then it does change. And, and yes, that was part of the point we were making mm-hmm. is that when say, transgender issues showed up, the church goes, oh gosh, what do we believe about this? We've not had to talk about this. This has never been, this has never been a topic that's been a major issue for us, and then suddenly it is. Um, so the sexual revolution, the progressive nature does it. I don't know if I'm making sense, but when I said the line, the church hasn't changed its view in a thousand years, I mean, that is the response of the church when a new topic hits. Mm-hmm. Um, you think that, you know, no fault, we should, we should have no fault divorce. That would be better. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the progressive movement. And the church says, no, 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 no fault divorce would be bad. And the progressive movement says, why are you always talking about this? And we're like, well, 
I mean, we, we, we weren't really talking about it. I mean, it's, we've kind of all agreed for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So the point he's making is the effect of that has been that about half of churches now have changed their views on some of these issues. And I totally agree. That is super common. And many people, even in the evangelical church, if you ask them, we run into it regularly with couples cohabitating. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's okay to live together before you get married. It's fine to live together before you get married. And the church says, no, <coughs> traditional marriage is what's best for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's what God instructs. Why are you always talking about this? You're so judgmental. You're so closed off. You're so legalistic. You're so... Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the view doesn't then change, but yeah. at the moment of contact, the response of the church is, we haven't changed our views on this in a thousands, in mm-hmm. thousands of years. And church meaning like people who claim to be believers as a general population. At that time, when they at hit, time, it's, a, yes. it's everybody. Okay. And then over time, you start seeing that chip away. So and you're either, not saying church as a whole thought now. Like once those things have hit, you right. can't say the church as a whole believes this because obviously okay. that's not... So let me give you an example. Let's say that, that tomorrow what we get is um, that the, the new LGBTQ movement has added K for kids. And they've said, now we want kids to be able to engage sexually. And so we're, we're pushing for the consent age to be 12, the age of consent to be 12. What would be the church's response? And I mean the whole church, Presbyterians, mm-hmm. Pentecostals, Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, mm-hmm. Episcopalians. What would, the, what would the whole response be of ever, all the Christians in the <laughs> Absolutely world? Absolutely not. Right. Now, of course, there would be some who would go like, oh, sure, you know, that's going to... But the vast majority of the mm-hmm. Christian church would say, no, our views on childhood consent have not changed in 3,000 years. Boom. Now, now that, and that's what I'm saying, that we would be able to say, no, that's, this is a bad idea. And the world would say, why are you so closed-minded, bigoted? Why are you always talking about this? Because we'd start teaching sermons about it, and we would start, because it is now where the culture and the church are hitting each other. It's mm-hmm. now where the battlefield is. If that was brought up, I'm not saying it's going to, but if that came up or, or polygamy, if we came back to that question, mm-hmm. which ironically, we probably couldn't say our view has been the same for yeah. 3,000 <laughs> years, but, um, but has been for the last 1,500 to 2,000 years. And mm-hmm. so we would say, hey, this view hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. The whole church would, right. but then the culture would begin to chip away. But we and have so an ethic my to stand point. on. Yeah. And so whether you continue to stand on that ethic, that if you continue to say, you know, 20 years past Obergefell, you say, um, no, no, biblically speaking, a same-sex couple cannot be married. So then it's more of like biblical worldview, right. biblically, and, and you can't say the church as a whole believes this anymore. No, and I would agree. So that's the point our questioner is making is, the problem is the church doesn't agree anymore. Mm-hmm. Um which I, I, sadly, yes, that's, that is right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the effect, but that's the exact effect we were talking about when we were talking about that on the podcast, mm-hmm. is that when the world and the church collide on a cultural issue, the culture makes it sound like the church is the aggressor. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, the church's view on whatever this topic is hasn't changed in a long, long time. Up we're not the aggressor. And then they start pushing until the church does start changing its view, and certain populations or denominations begin to collapse to that. And the major one of that was in the mid-1900s, which was the Bible is not authoritative. And when that got pushed, the churches that fell under the influence of saying that the Bible is not authoritative, Mm -hmm. they then began to 
that they the the end i guess their demise was kind of written large at that point and and we've seen them be slowly collapsing in the last 50 to 75 years as our questioner asked anyway that clarification i hope that yeah, helps yeah i think so so um a following question that i think that i thought of was um so how do you differentiate between issues that when you're talking about it just so that on the face, like the face value, it doesn't seem like the same for issues that the church has always had a view on and and then like birth control. Right. And then we say, oh, actually, we do think that maybe we've been wrong about this and we need yeah. to change. How do you differentiate between something like that where you're actually reevaluating and when it's actually the culture pushing you to change? So the, mm-hmm. the hey, that's a great question. Yeah. The culture pushing us to change is not immoral. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to change. I mean, you okay. were you were talking earlier about a podcast about the way the church related to uh, the Nazi party in Germany. Yeah, and so there were probably those in the culture telling the church, "Hey, you you can't support them." Yeah. Well, that was they were probably right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that needed to be a conversation. It's. It's not that the church is afraid of accountability or being mm-hmm. called out or, or whatever. Shouldn't be, at least, afraid of it. But we then, that causes us to go back and revisit it. I mean, Bryn, you and I have talked about anytime a book comes out that that claims, nope, homosexuality is not a sin according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read it because yeah. I would love to be convinced of that. Mm-hmm. I would love for that argument to be the winning argument down the road because of my own personal opinions, which is that I don't, I'm, I, I don't see it gross or whatever. Yeah. But I accept that it is sinful because the Bible says it's sinful. Mm-hmm. If someone could convince me it's not, that would be fine with me. Um, but um, I'm, I'm wrestling with that as a professional about transgender mm-hmm. issues. What are proper treatments for transgenderism and what aren't? What are proper treatments for uh, you know, gender dysphoria or dysmorphia and, and mm-hmm. what isn't? And mm-hmm. I think the church needs to, a lot of times on stuff like this, the church needs to stop and take a breath mm-hmm. and... And evaluate. Okay, we've been we've been challenged on something. Mm-hmm. It is it is very foolish for us to say no. We've never been wrong. We're not wrong. We're never wrong. Mm. Our interpretation of scripture has never been wrong. Well, I mean, there was that whole Earth <laughs> rotating around the sun thing. I mean, like, there's been <laughs> plenty of things that we've proven to be wrong about. The Bible hasn't been proven to be wrong. Our interpretation of the Bible has proven to be wrong. Or the Earth flat wasn't that a Way, way back, maybe. Yeah, well, apparently not that far back. Yeah. I mean, you got people now. Um, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not convinced, though, just so you'll know. We're going to get a question exactly. from someone who thinks that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too, so we can talk about it. Um, so uh, you're saying the fact that culture is pushing on the church isn't necessarily bad. No. It's then the response of why, if we change our view, why? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It should take mm-hmm. us back to Scripture. Mm-hmm. So humbly, we should be able to say, okay, Maybe we're wrong. Let's go look. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's it's wild today to hear people mainstream, upfront, verbal, visible Christians talking about old earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you whispered that in dark corners twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. and and um, and so maybe that the world, maybe the culture pushed, and they're right. Maybe we've been interpreting that whole day thing unnecessarily rigidly. Um, what, like we said with birth control, maybe the, the initial response of birth control was mm-hmm. was not good or rock music. There you go. No, Playing no, cards. that was evil. Whoa, whoa. Playing cards. There's a good one. <laughs> you remember my childhood? Slavery. We're mentioning a lot. Slavery of very was a great example. Yeah, let's let's. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but I would say, because we, and we've discussed these, what was the biblical understanding, the interpretation, mm-hmm. but... Um, we discussed rock music? I don't no, think I don't no, think we discussed no. rock music. We, and we, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but that's, but, and it goes back yeah. to what we've talked about in the past of always being humble and and why it's important to know why you believe that scripture is the authority and right. then be humbly willing to always go back and say, like, I could always be wrong. Yes. But then have a standard for how you decide whether or not you were wrong. See, that's what's so cool is, so tradition, conservative, as we talked about in another one of the podcasts, conservative thinking, traditional thinking is not is not always morally right. Mm-hmm. And progressive thinking mm-hmm. or liberal thinking is not always morally right. Yeah. And But neither are either one of them always morally wrong. Yeah. And that's the habit we get into is like we talked about, we, we feel more comfortable with one side. And so the other side must be morally wrong. And what we've got to do as Christians is evaluate each thing through the higher authority, which mm-hmm. is scripture and go, okay, what does scripture actually say about this? Have mm-hmm. we been interpreting it incorrectly? Or is there at least room for mm-hmm. the conversation? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about women's role in ministry. Is there room for a conversation or drinking and dancing? Is there room for a conversation or is it, immoral or is it a better option yeah and so we're in the midst of all of that um and what is the right response and it's colson were you going to say something no go for it oh well and it's important like we have discussed in some of the previous episodes that um it's important that our (laughs) worldview is determining and defining our politics and not the other way around we're not deciding on a political party or a stance and then pulling scripture to support what we want to believe, mm-hmm. it has to inter- like be interpreted the other way. Right. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend, and she said that, um, uh, I think I wrote down the quote, because she was basically saying the biblical worldview applies to all of life, but political parties don't stand up as a worldview or religion. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that, of how yep. we try to make them a religion, um, and mm-hmm. instead the world biblical worldview is what has to... Um, define and translate that for us. But mm-hmm. yep. anyway, that is yeah. so true. So what, how would you then um, address this for somebody? Let's say they grew up in a certain tradition okay. where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they believed, you know, certain things about, you know, maybe even some of these topics that our, uh, our listener mentioned, you know, gender rights, LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. And then that tradition does not go back to scripture. I'm thinking of like mm-hmm. some some people in the United Methodist Church and stuff right. like that. Right. How how do you as an individual deal with that deconstruction when your your tradition has shifted and kind of gone the way of the culture? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Oh, interesting. So, what do you do when when the church authority yes that you're under removes itself from under biblical authority. Right. And so it's like, so I'm trying to live my life under biblical authority. Right. And under mm-hmm. the church's authority. Yep. But then when the church doesn't do that, how how do I how do I then walk according yeah. to scripture? Or even determine if they're right or wrong because they're yeah. your spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big again that's Sorry, I that kinda is, changed the question. No, 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 no. I think I think, you, I think that's actually there. a good shift. Well you've won I mean we talked about very much so. We go to, that's why we, I mean, Scripture is authoritative or, yeah, authoritative that we go there to evaluate our leaders, just like the Church of Berea did with the Apostle Paul, um, as that they went and checked, like, hey, is this really what this teaches? Does what he's teaching fit? Does it align? Is it acceptable? Or mm-hmm. 
what the Samaritans did when Jesus showed up in Samaria in you know, John 4. They went and checked. What does the Scripture say about this stuff? And they came back and asked questions, and you see this huge revival happening in Samaria because it turns out the guy that they thought was different than he turned out to be is the guy who they wanted him, who he was. And so they, that's a great, um, they need to do that because the church authorities at the time were saying Jesus wasn't the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so they had to go to scripture to count, to have that be their evidence. And of course the miracles and everything else Jesus was saying. But um, I, I think you have to do what in fact the Methodist church has done, which is when the middle authority requires you to disobey the highest authority, you have to remove yourself from the middle authority's authority. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's how it would work like here. Like, you know, I mean, if if John started requiring you to do things for your job that was immoral and you came to me and I said, no, I'm backing John on this. And you went to leadership board and they're like, no, we're backing Chris and John on this. You would go, I quit. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I'm not going to do this immoral thing. Mm-hmm. There's a higher authority that I respond to. So I'm not going to do it. And the fact that the church, and this is, we've seen this in some of these churches that have fallen apart because of the narcissistic and abusive charismatic leaders that you have people later going, I don't understand why, why I did what he said to do. I mean, why was I still listening to him? Why did I not mm-hmm. run? And now it, it's a, that's why, but the, the key is that we are required to, if, if we're required to do something sinful or immoral or to which would include espousing things that are sinful or immoral, like the verbalize them. I believe this when we know it's not true. Then that's what we have to do, and that's the. Um, there's no way around that, and mm-hmm. so that's that's which is wild, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, which takes a lot yeah. of praying for wisdom, seeking scripture, seeking wisdom and advice from people yes. who are godly, but maybe outside that circle or sphere. You know, like that are just because I think certain personalities. It's hard for some personalities have <laughs> no trouble going against authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then some, I think it's really a struggle for them to believe that the people they've placed themselves under are mm-hmm. wrong. You know, that it's hard for them to mm-hmm. think that they individually could be right about something mm-hmm. and a whole yep. establishment that they're under or people that they've trusted mm-hmm. yep. um, could be that wrong about something. And so it's Well, and tricky. a lot of shifts aren't like monumental right off the bat. Right. right. You yeah. know, right. it's like, little tiny shifts. And if you're, if you are lukewarm in your faith and you're apathetic toward your own personal relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. <coughs> right. Then those little changes aren't really going to, I can just see how easy it would be. Oh yeah. The, to, the boiling yeah. the frog model. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That you, you just the frog in the water that's cold and then you slowly turn up the heat and the frog doesn't ever jump out. But if you throw it in hot water, it jumps out. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's some principle that that I think is key, but but we see it happening around us all the time, mm-hmm. and very very much so in real time. We see it happening around mm-hmm. us, and so when does it come time to say, I need to call out this error or this wrong attitude? Mm-hmm. And and by the way, people do it here. I mean, they mm-hmm. think, for example, that I I think that there is gray area when it comes to women's role in ministry, or mm-hmm. there is gray area when it comes to tobacco usage or alcohol usage or whatever. I mean, we've had people who have just come to the church, seen that that's our stance, and left. and going, mm-hmm. Or that I do think there's a gray area when it comes to the age of the earth. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's heresy. We're out of here. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, I think they're wrong, or I wouldn't believe what I believe, but I don't think they're wrong to take that view right. if they're convinced of that. If right. they're convinced that's a, it is a moral obligation to believe in a young earth, I think mm-hmm. they're wrong. But if they really believe that, 
for them to stay would probably be an error, mm-hmm. would probably be a bad idea. It's it's just complicated. It's not mm-hmm. an easy... Yeah, I taught, you know, yeah. I taught this with the youth about gray area a little while back about women's role in ministry. Yeah. And it was intriguing to hear some of the students afterwards going, that blew my mind that, that <laughs> yeah. there's not like this, okay, here's the right answer. Now go and do that. Yeah. And they were just weirded out. And, but I think also appreciative yeah. that, okay, some of these things are open to yeah. great conversation and we, so we do that. I guess, I mean, we, we have a little bit more time. Yeah. So Chris, you, you have been in ministry for a long time. Uh-huh. You have your own children. Like some, of, some have grown. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you know, you've done student ministry and stuff. How do you, you know, at, at our church, we talk a lot about equipping the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you bring kids up or young adults up in that, uh, in that kind of tension with gray area yeah. in your face? <laughs> because I mean, it, because if I think sometimes if, if you don't toe the line and you get and the let's say this kid gets to a spot where they're thinking for themselves out in the (laughs) real world. And it's like, that can be pretty earth shattering Mm -hmm. too, to be like, wait, it's not black and white about this. So I'm telling you that is that from a political perspective, what we're to mix it in with what we're talking about now, Yeah, yeah, please. but the entirety of the reconstructed faith podcast Mm -hmm. concept Mm -hmm. is how often people get out of their home and they've been taught, this is the only way to think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, what shocks them, what causes them to, and parents think, or teachers think, or camp directors think, or churches think, or pastors think, if we just teach this one way, that'll protect our kids. Mm-hmm. And the truth yeah. is they're setting them up to deconstruct mm-hmm. because what happens is they get out and they go, wait, mm-hmm. what? Wait, there's other, even Bible-believing Christians, much less non, who believe all these different things and they've never been trained to work those muscles, and they don't know how to wrestle with, you know, wait, it, the earth could be old? Wait, I thought what? we all got along. So the Bible is wrong? Mm-hmm. No, what your what your church taught you is at least open to question. Mm-hmm. And they, they just, their brain just kind of, you know, paradigm shift, the clutch slips, and they're done. And, and even like the extreme of that, of even things that aren't gray areas, helping them wrestle through those, which we've tried to do yeah. through, like our yes. worldview seminars and stuff of like, even things that aren't um, gray areas, they need to be able to ask those tough questions still without being shamed right? and still be able to work through, did Jesus rise from the dead? Like that's pretty, yep. you know, non gray area when it comes <laughs> yeah, exactly. to mm-hmm. pretty important um, to call the whole Christian faith thing, but it's, they should still be allowed to ask those questions yes. because if they haven't been able to, push back on anything, mm-hmm. gray areas or non, yep. and then they get out on their own. So, well, um, so you look a way well, back, well, David Smalley saying yeah. that in the church he grew up in, he was yeah. told, yeah, right, you're, that. you can't ask questions like that. Stop mm-hmm. asking this stuff. You're annoying everybody. So is that is that a big Oof. part of that, is cultivating a, a space for young people to be able to ask questions and then being able First to... First in the home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Must. It is vi- if the home will do it, if moms and dads can be okay and not be weirded out and not get offended and take it defensively and not, I mean, it is amazing how we take on offense for God or we take on offense for the church when um, it's been a couple of times I've gotten to enjoy having a parent bring in a kid for me to kind of, you know, read them the riot act. Like, you know what we've said, I mean, the one was about um, spanking. So mm-hmm. they had an adult child. So you had an adult parent and their adult child and the adult child is coming and saying, I'm not, I'm not sure this whole spanking thing is a good idea. I'm not sure I want to spank my kids. And they come in 
And the parents bring them into me to read them the ride act, to explain to them like, no, no, to spare the rod and spoil the child. We're supposed to whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of ways for us to come at this. And, and there is some research that indicates that at least with some kids, corporal punishment is not, not only not functional, but it's not healthy. It's not for every child. And in fact, what the Bible says is that we should raise up each child the way they are bent. Mm. And, and like the way that, and, and when they're old, they will not depart from the path. Like that's our goal is so that they're lifelong. And, and for some kids, maybe corporal punishment is totally fine and even appropriate. And for some kids, it just isn't. And, mm. and the parents sitting there like, that's not why I brought my kid in was for this deep conversation. <laughs> but the parent came back to me later and said, thank you for guiding me on how to have an actual mm. versus just here's the right answer, kids, swallow it and deal with it. It was, yeah. hey, let's debate and discuss. And and gosh, guys, mm-hmm. especially for young people, they oh, need yeah. to practice. That's like mm. that's like telling a little baby, hey, stop falling, walk. <laughs> you should be walking, walk. Mm. Nope, stop falling down. Like their their brain is literally developing that stuff. And we all need to be able to yeah. know it's safe to ask certain questions. And God doesn't seem all that offended by us asking questions. Yeah. We mm. see it in the Bible all the time. And so, and I think that happens politically is part of it is p- people have grown up with their parents linking faith and politics so intimately yeah. mm-hmm. as if they're inextricable. Mm-hmm. And the first time a child steps out of that and they feel this rush of rejection and that rejection gets assigned, not just to, Hey kid, you're, you're wrong politically about, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The first time the kid comes in and is like, I think I'm a socialist and they're conservative parents are like, no, you're going to hell. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think those two things are connected. Actually, I yeah. don't think faith and you're now connecting faith and politics. And I think we need to mm. not be doing that so yeah. much. I think there's still some more to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for We're sure. We're running out of time today, but I think there's still another, at least one more episode. Yeah, yeah I definitely. agree. And in the, in the same vein of asking questions and being free, like, thank you, anonymous listener yep. who asked a, yeah. a question and glad that we can do it. All right, yep, great. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.